For those of you who don't know me, I'm Gene Beckner. I'm a pastor here on staff. Uh, before I was a pastor, I was a teacher and I was an administrator. Um, taught English, taught public speaking, taught drama, uh, taught anywhere from 7th grade through 12th grade, but I definitely liked high school. I uh, spent the last three years of my teaching career at Malden. Do I have any Malden folks? Got four of you. Awesome. All right. Um, and it was interesting because when Kevin asked me to speak and he talked about forgiveness, that is something that I'm well acquainted with because I've had to learn how to do it myself. Uh, and also having talked to students over the years, it's probably one of the hardest things to not only do but to understand correctly. And I hope that today I will be able to give you a couple of things that will help you if that's an issue for you. And here's what I will promise you. If it's not an issue today, it will be an issue at some point. There will be a struggle, and as Kevin has, has led you guys, there's going to be a time where you might wipe out because of unforgiveness. So let's take a look at, this has been your memory verse, correct? Your theme verse, which is Lamentations. It says, the faithful love of God never ends. His mercies never cease. Great is His faithfulness. And his mercies begin fresh each morning. I have a question. When you read that, what part do you play in God loving you? Or another way, what do you have to do to get God to love you? Nothing. That's rare, right? Because in most relationships, you have to do something in order for someone to accept you, right? But yet, this scripture tells us that God loves you and that His mercy, His love, His faithfulness are all independent from your behavior. Now, let's be honest. A lot of times, we think we have to earn love and that we have to earn being accepted, but yet God says something different. So I hope that as we go through this, that that kind of sinks into your heart and your mind for a moment. Well, let's talk about forgiveness. What is forgiveness? I want to start with what it's not. It is not saying that if somebody did something that hurt your feelings, that it's okay. It is not saying, I'm going to allow you to do that again. It's not saying that the relationship is back to quote-unquote normal because of what happened. In order for that to happen, both people have to reconcile in order for a relationship to be repaired. And it's not saying that it didn't hurt you. Don't raise your hands, but how many people have told you to just forget about something that hurt you? And it's like, duh, I would have done it if I could have, but I can't. I need some help. And this is where God comes in. So what does it mean? Okay. In the Greek, it says to leave behind or to dismiss, to abandon, or to cancel a debt. The Hebrew, it means to remove the guilt resulting from wrongdoing. It's interesting that sometimes people will say, I can forgive you, but I can't what? I can't forget it. But that's not what the definition of forgiveness says, right? And that seems impossible. What do you mean? I'm just supposed to like have a, a, my mind is supposed to be erased. This thing is supposed to just go away. But yet when we look at the definition, it says, let's leave it behind. Let's abandon it, right? So we're going to hopefully learn how to do that a little bit today. 
We have five scriptures that are going to help us. And if you do have one of the fill-outs, you will see the scriptures across the top. But before we do that, I want you to look at a clip where there's an issue between two guys. And let's see how they deal with forgiveness. guys are after us. We just had to skip. Naya. Left a message for you at work. There was no message. I definitely left a message. There was no message. There was no message. There was no message. I will never forgive you. Now, if we're honest, we've probably all thought about the way he thought about things when we get angry, right? Unfortunately, the way he wanted to handle it would have killed both of them, right? They both would have gone off the side of the building. But then the second time, when he hit him, what did he say? He said, I'm never going to forgive you. And the other guy said, I know. And now the relationship is severed. Now, you may have said that before, or you may have thought about that before. Either way, here's what I want to say about the emotions and the feelings that this guy's having. I get it. God gets it. But what do we do when those things are so hurtful that that's how we want to respond to things? Well, let's look and see what God has to say for us, or to us, okay? First one is Romans 12, 18, and it says simply this. As much as it depends on who? As much as it depends on you, you can say me if you want to, as much as it depends on me, be at peace with others. Now I want you to notice what the focus is. It is not on other people, it is on you. You cannot make someone be at peace with you if they do not want to be. Have you ever tried to be friends with someone and it just didn't work out? Right? It happens. It makes you sad, it makes you angry. And they won't be at peace with you. But keep in mind, you are not responsible for somebody else's response or reaction. And we'll say that again. You are not responsible for somebody else's response to you or their reaction. My, um, I'm 50 years old this year. And my present was these vans. And I wore those when I was 13. So I get to wear them again at 50. And uh, my grandson has a tendency to say things like this. He says, you make me want to hit you. And I'm like, you can't, dude, you can't say that. But that's how he feels, right? He's five, or is he six? He's five, okay. He's five. I can't remember how old he was, all right? I just saw some vans on the front row. That's awesome. All right, so I'm not ADHD, but I saw him, and I was like, yes. He's five, but in his mind, he's going, you make me 
so angry that I want to hit you. So who's he doing? He's blaming, the, he's blaming his sister, right? Or he's blaming me or somebody else. But you're not responsible for the other person's response. They are responsible for their response. When I was a teacher, when I was a coach, I used to coach basketball and football. When I was an administrator, I would see a lot of these high school relationships, and the student would come and talk to me about it. <clears throat> and many times, their desire was for the relationship to be restored, but the other person wasn't willing or ready. And I'll be honest, that's hard to deal with, right? Because maybe you want that relationship to continue, but the other person doesn't. And I saw people try everything. I saw candy, I saw flowers, I saw notes, I saw um, saying, hey, I'm sorry. Uh, then for the first time, they said to the person, I love you. They'd never said it before, and they're like, oh, but I love you, right? And sometimes that didn't work. And then they would switch, and then it would be more of uh, trying to put a guilt complex on someone. How could you do this to me? I said I was sorry. I saw people say, I hate you. I saw people say, I'm going to tell everybody all your secrets. But if you really loved me, you wouldn't do this. And if you have accepted Jesus as your Savior, sometimes people will say, well, that's not a real Christian way to act. And they put all this stuff on you trying to get you to change your behavior. They're trying to get you to do what they want you to do. But the problem is their motivation is wrong. Their motivation is not for peace, as this scripture says, but their motivation is, I don't want to feel this pain anymore, so I want everything back to normal. And if your desire is for pain removal, I don't think this scripture is going to help you as much as it could. I don't like the way I feel, so I want to get rid of that. But see, peace is different. Peace comes from who? Christ. Peace comes from Jesus. He says in John 14, 27, hey, I leave with you peace. He says, I leave with you a peace that the world cannot give you. And it only comes through me. So I would say inviting Jesus into our problems is probably a good thing on how to be at peace with others. Here's another scripture. Leviticus, you go, why are we going to the Old Testament? There's nothing there. Watch this. Don't bear a grudge. Don't take revenge. Don't continue to hate so that, and I put the word you, that's not how the scripture looks, I did that, so that you do not sin. And then the last piece says, settle your differences. So we're told not to hold a grudge because what we're doing is we're holding on to something, right? We're holding on to something from the past. We're told not to take revenge. But isn't it interesting how many movies glamorize revenge? Like that's the way you're supposed to do it, right? But God says, don't do that. He says, I will avenge, but you forgive. We're instructed not to hate. And many of us have had those moments. We're mad. We tell someone we hate them. We slam the door. We, uh, you know, send a text or something like that. But it doesn't usually last, but if there is something that's still in you and you have a strong dislike for someone or something, then this, this may apply to you, right? But it's interesting that what God is telling us right here is, I'm telling you not to do this so that you are in a better place. 
I've said this before, I've said it several times to people. If you are holding a grudge against someone and you are plotting revenge and you are hating them, you are drinking poison and you're expecting them to die. Think about that for a minute. But it does sound wrong, doesn't it, to not be able to get even with someone? I mean, I'm going to be honest. I want to get even with people sometimes when they do things, right? And yeah, I hear this a lot. You don't know what they did to me. You don't know what they said to me. You don't know what it's like. You don't understand. You know, I'm a counselor. I do a lot of counseling now. And I hear that a lot of times. But here's what I would say to you. I do get that. I understand. I've had those same feelings, right? But God says, I'm going to help you get through this if you will, what? Allow me. So I do something called validation. I say, hey, tell me whatever you want to tell me. Whatever feelings you have, whatever emotions you have, whatever thoughts you have. I'm not going to tell you not to have them because you're already having them. Don't raise your hand. But how frustrating does it get when someone tells you, well, just don't think that or just don't feel that or just don't. And you're going, if I could, I would. How's that helping me? Right? It's kind of like when you're crying and your parents tell you, stop crying. How effective is that? Zero. Right? I'm sure they don't say that to you now, but when you were little, okay? Sometimes it just feels better to stay angry. Right? And I think if we acknowledge that, just like we saw in the video, right? He's imagining taking this guy out. But it's interesting that the Bible is always giving us an, an answer. It's always giving us an opportunity to flip back to what God says is the best way. 3 John 2 says that above all, he wants to desire our good health even as our soul prospers or is in good health. And our soul is our mind, our will, and our emotions. So for somebody who says, well, I can't, I can't help it. I can't help. Maybe it's been you. I can't help how I feel. God would say, hey, I've given you the ability to help it. And if you say, oh, forgiving that person for what they did, I just, I just can't do it. I would agree with you. In your flesh, you can't do it. But with God, all things are possible. What, what usually keeps us from forgiving is that we do feel like they're going to get away with something, if we're honest. Or we feel like we're saying that it was okay what they did. Okay, So you, process start, you start processing through that. But I would tell you that God has given us the ability to forgive. So what's another scripture? Matthew 18 says, If your brother or your sister... Uh, oh, if they sin, point it out to them, just the two of you. Okay? So, so far I've talked about, well, what should you do personally? You're trying to be at peace with people, and you're trying to work on, with God's help, not holding grudges, not taking revenge. This one is more relational. Okay? Now, bottom line is, if somebody won't sit down and talk to you about it, there's nothing you can do. You can't make them sit in a chair. I mean, you could, but you'd probably get in trouble with the law. But otherwise, you just have to go, hey, look, can we sit down and talk, right? Can we talk? Not text, talk, face-to-face, -face, eye contact, not FaceTime, face-to-face, -face, okay? 
you guys live, unfortunately, in my opinion, you live in a 24-hour, seven-day-a-week social media extravaganza. The older people, and there are some people older than me, I'm not going to look at them or point out, them, out to them, remember when the TV would actually go off at night. They would play the national anthem, and then there would just be fuzz. And then they made this scary movie called Poltergeist, and then no one ever kept their TVs on. If you haven't seen it, I would not recommend it. Just stay away from the light, and those of you who are old enough remember. Okay? But information is constantly happening. Things are happening all the time, 24-7. Content is constantly being updated. People are constantly tweeting. People are constantly on social media. They're making videos. They're doing everything. And it's almost like you can't get away from it, right? And the danger in that is that if you put something out there when you are angry or upset, it does not go away. It will still be there. You know, I have done several times typing up an email or typing a social media post and then I hit delete. Because I know that if I put that out there, that's not honoring God. And that's really just me out of my anger or my frustration. Right? But I acknowledge that I have it. And too often, what do we do? We don't go to our brother or sister or our friend. We go to social media. And we air our grievances that way. Anyone ever heard the phrase Pandora's box? Any students? Okay. So here's the story behind that. Pandora is given this box by the Greek gods, and they told her it's a gift, but not to look at it. Now, any five-year-old who's given a gift and it's wrapped and said, hey, don't open it, it's going to be open in seconds, right? So why would they gods have thought that Pandora would be any different? Well, the, the gods were playing a trick on her. And so what she does is she opens the box, and all illness and hardships are unleashed upon people and upon mankind. I would say that if you go online when you have an issue with somebody, whether you're doing it directly to them or you're being passive-aggressive, I think you're opening Pandora's box. Because what you're learning to do is not this. You're learning to just go, let me throw it out there, let me scream it out there. And then I'll get other people that say, oh, yeah, yeah, I get you. Like, someone will put something on there that says something that's real generic, like, you know, treating people poorly is the worst thing a friend, a so-called friend could do. And then you have a thousand people go, oh, I feel you. But how many of those thousand people are actually going to the person who hurt their feelings to try to work it out? It's not going to get better by putting it online. And ask yourself, what is your motivation in telling everybody about what's happening. Why not go to someone that you trust? This room is full of people that love you. It's full of people that you could talk to to say, hey, I need some advice on how to do this. In fact, Proverbs eleven fourteen says there's a safety in a multitude of counselors. I had a professor at Clemson one time when I was getting my counseling degree. And every time he would tell us a story where he made a mistake, he would say, you know, I was thinking to myself the other day, this seems like a good idea. And every time he would say that, it was his joke, it would always be something that went poorly. Don't raise your hands, but how many times have you thought in your head, man, this is, good. This is a good idea, this is going to be a great thing to do. And then you did it and it was awful. Okay? What if instead we said, hey, let me go to somebody who could help me process through what I'm feeling instead of just acting on 
that first impulse. I would say if we go online that we're making things worse instead of better. Sometimes it's just a misunderstanding. Nobody did anything on purpose, but you can have it corrected by simply going to that person and talking about it. And I think as long as you go into that conversation with a, hey, look, I'm just trying to understand. Side note, there are two kinds of listeners in the world. The first is listening so they can respond. Those are the people that do this as you're talking. And they're like, "Uh uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. And they're just waiting for you to quit breathing and talking so they can jump in and say, me, yeah, yeah, yeah. I understand exactly how you feel. I I have the same problem. And they talk real fast because they want to say something. The second kind of person is the person who's listening to understand. I would encourage all of us to become that kind of person. Don't go in like John Wick, who just feels like they got their dog killed when you go into one of these conversations, okay? You can't do it that way, because what's going to happen to the person you're going to? They're going to be like, wow, you are coming at me with both guns out. I'm probably going to do what? I'm probably not going to listen to you. I'm probably going to defend myself, and then start pointing back at you, and then you're going to go, Gene, I tried this thing. It doesn't work. Well, I'm going to give you three steps before we end on how you could uh, give yourself a better opportunity for it to be a good outcome. And look, if you're not sure, I said this a minute ago, if you're not sure how to do it, talk to Kevin. Talk to any of the leaders in this room. If you want to talk to me, come talk to me. Right? I'm not an expert, but I'd be willing to listen and pray with you and see if we can find those steps. And I wonder, as as I've been talking, is there a situation that's coming to your mind? Is there a person that's coming to your mind that you're going, man, I need to forgive that person, but every time I think about that, I just get this thing on the inside, and I get angry, or I get frustrated, or these thoughts start coming in like they don't deserve it because they didn't say they were sorry, or something like that, right? Hold on to that if that's what's happening, because maybe... Today is your way of starting to walk out of that so that you're not being held prisoner. Four scriptures, John 13, 34, and this is what Jesus said. Jesus said, look, people are going to know that you're my disciples by your love. Not your reasoning, not being a biblical scholar, but by love. It's interesting, Perry Duggar, who's our senior pastor and founder of this church, says love is having the other person's best interest at heart. 1 John 4, 8 says that God is love. So God always has what? He always has our best interest at heart. He always has what's best for us. And one of the ways that He interacts with us is through Scripture, right? Through music, through your own quiet time, through circumstances, through other people. He can use lots of ways to interact with you. And Jesus said something, I I just love this scripture because he says, hey, look, they're going to know that you're mine because you you love them, because you have their best interest at heart. Sometimes having someone's best interest at heart is is saying something that's going to maybe at first make them defensive. Like some people don't even want to hear that you've hurt their feelings. But if they've done something that requires your forgiveness for them, you're going to have to let them know what that is. It's interesting, a lot of people get married, they go to 1 Corinthians 13, and it says things like love is forgiving, love is kind, love is patience. 
right? But let's be honest, we've all not been those things numerous times in our lives. But there's no need to beat yourself up and go, this is impossible, I can't do this. Because God's grace and mercy is new every day. So what we need to do is get back up and get back at it, right? Where's Abby, the girl that was up here? Is she already gone? She, she asked for strength, right? <clears throat> do you think she's going to fall down during basic training? And she's going to get back up, isn't she? Right? She's not going to go, ugh, I messed up, that's the end, and just lay there. She may feel like it, but she's probably going to get back up and go, all right, I'm going to learn how to do this. And if any of you have ever competed in a sport or tried to learn how to do a musical instrument or anything, you're going to mess up. You're going to fall down. But with God's grace and his mercy, he says, hey, look, get back up. Because the world right now <clears throat> is so backwards in how it deals with people making mistakes. Right? God works in love. The world works in shame. And basically, shame is nothing more than saying, you are bad because of what you did. Now, it's different to say, hey, Gene, what you did hurt my feelings. I don't like what you did. I got mad at you because of what you did. I feel like you embarrassed me in front of my friends. I feel like you abandoned me. I feel like you left me. Is different than saying, you're bad. Because here's the problem with that. How do you get out of that? And the world says, well, you have to do what I want you to do and believe what I want to believe, and then you might <clears throat> not be bad anymore. But there's no guarantee. And here's what happens, and I'm sure this is happening in high school now. I know it happened in my day. Peer pressure of either um, drinking, doing some kind of drug, cheating, uh, sex. Those are the main ones, okay? And when you don't do those, you get labeled as something. And I don't even want to guess what the words are today, okay? But you get labeled. And the only way to get out from underneath that label is to participate in those things that they say you need to in order to be accepted. But here's the thing, is even if you do that, they still may not accept you. My last year at Malden High School, there was a girl who was dating a guy they'd been dating for two years. He wanted her... Kevin, I hope this is okay. This is not on my script. She, he wanted her to have sex with another girl in front of him. And she said, no. So what did he do? Now, not only did he break up with her, but he posted a picture of the two of them having sex on social media. Thankfully, the girl's suicide attempt was not successful. And it happened like that. And he said, if you love me, you'll do this. She said no. So not only did she lose a relationship that she thought she had, but now she's got being embarrassed on, on social media, had no idea that he was taping her, and he put that on social media. And within like three hours, the school was ablaze, and this girl had nowhere to go. Everything about her life was out in front of everyone because she did not do what he wanted her to do. That's shame. That's shaming somebody. Be careful. Be, be listening for it because it will come. Those of you, where are my seniors? Any seniors in here? Okay. 
when you leave the high school and you, whatever you're doing, wherever you go, college, military, job, I don't care what it is, you're, you're entering into a new environment. You're entering into a new world. Be listening for it because it's very subtle sometimes because it's what they're trying to do is they're trying to have power so that your identity is in their hands. But isn't it funny how Jesus takes on a completely different view of your identity? He uses love. He tries to love you into relationship with him. He doesn't try to coerce you. He invites you. He doesn't force you. He's kind. He rarely is harsh. He was harsh to the religious leaders, but he wasn't harsh to the person who was like, hey, I don't understand this whole faith thing, right? And Jesus is the example of how we are to love. While on the cross, he listens to the scripture I struggle with probably the most. He's on the cross. He looks down at the people that are crucifying him in Luke 23. Anybody know what he says? Forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. I really wish that scripture was not in there. I think I would be, have an easier time if it wasn't in there. But he's being crucified by people. They're killing him. And he's going, God, will you forgive them? They don't know what they're doing. Look, I've never said that when someone has hurt my feelings. Never. I would love to get to that place, but I'm not there yet. What I'm usually doing is, why did you do what you did? You shouldn't have done it. You need to apologize. And then I realize I'm pointing a gun at them, and I'm like, okay, let me point it back at me. My feelings are hurt, and I've, I've got to recognize that. Our last scripture is Ephesians 4. And basically, here's what it says. It says, be kind, be tender-hearted, and be forgiving of others as Christ is for you and me. See, God forgave us <clears throat> through the sacrifice of Christ on the cross. We didn't earn it. It wasn't because of your good behavior. It wasn't your good looks. It wasn't your athletic ability. It wasn't your grades. It wasn't your awards. It wasn't your clean room. I don't think there are many clean rooms probably in this, but you know. It wasn't your attendance at Crave. It wasn't your volunteering. It's not your musical ability. It's not the high score on the video game you play. None of it earn the forgiveness because it's a gift see it's interesting that the Greeks use Pandora's box as a way of saying hey the gods trick you into bad things whereas God's gift is eternal life and there's no shame in that and because of the gift of the Holy Spirit we you and I have the ability, we are empowered to be able to forgive other people. And it may take some practice at first. I'm not saying it would be easy or even feel like it's natural, but I will say this to you. You do have the ability. You have the ability because he gave it to us. So what are some steps that you and I could take today in order to learn how to practice forgiveness? The first one is admit. Admit what happened. Admit the hurt. Be specific. 
okay? Some of you don't want to get in touch with some of the pain that may have hit you, but journal it, write about it, but admit it to yourself. You don't have to admit it to anyone else yet, but just admit that your dad let you down, that your mom yells too much, that someone you dated hurt your feelings, that you wish you were a part of a group that you're not, that you feel ostracized, you feel like the ugly duckling in groups. Whatever it is, admit to yourself that that's what's happened. Second, oops, second part is share. Share it with someone you trust, not on social media for the whole world to see, but one-on-one. It could be your best friend. It could be a small group leader. It could be a trusted adult, somebody to go, I just need to process it. I don't need you to fix it for me. Talking to parents, you don't have to fix it for me, mom, dad. I just need to tell you what happened, right? That's the first part because you need to be validated. You need to be like, I get it. I get that your feelings got hurt. Now, don't be surprised if you tell someone that really loves you, especially a dad, who wants to go hurt the person that hurt you. But we'll have to work on that. That may be another one, Kevin. We have to work with the adults on that one. But share it. Get it out of you and let someone else help you with carrying it. And then ask God for help. If God is the one that gave you the ability, <clears throat> ask him, God, how do I go about forgiving this person? We're, we're going to get to a place where we get in front of somebody, but if you know if you go in front of someone and you're angry, it's probably not going to work. So I want you to reflect on that for a moment. That these, this is possible because God sent His Son to die for you. We're about to go to a baptism in an hour if you're, if you're here. People are going to be giving a testimony, a public testimony, that God has done something in their lives. Maybe today it's for you. Maybe you've never known Him. And you're like, man, I need, I need that in my life. Gene, what you're talking about, I'm nowhere near that. I'm frustrated. I'm sad. I'm alone. I'm scared. Well, Jesus is right there going, hey, let's, let's start walking together. Maybe you know him as Lord and Savior, but you're, you're, you're struggling with something. And you need to talk to somebody and start this process. Jacob's going to play a song about salvation. But all the leaders in this room are available if you need to talk to somebody. And I know... The chances of someone just walking up here out of the blue to talk to me is probably slim, but I'll take my chances and still offer it, right? And actually, if I step down off the stage, I'm so short, nobody would be able to tell you were up here talking to me anyway. And even if you just sit in your seats and you reflect on it, just reflect on the gift that God has given you of the forgiveness of your sins. Is your soul free? That is only a question that you and Jesus can answer. We pray for you, and then you'll go to your groups. Thanks for letting me share with you today. God, thank you for those words of that song. God, thank you for saving me, and many others I know can say that. But God, I pray that you help us walk out this concept, this principle of forgiveness. Lord, it's hard. We don't understand it sometimes. We get frustrated. We're sad. We're hurt. 
But God, you said that you would never leave us and you would never forsake us. So God, I'm thankful for that. And I pray that you will make yourself known to these young people in this room, Lord, as they walk. That if this issue is coming up, that you understand and that you will give them a path to be able to be free. Thank you, Jesus, and it's in your name we pray. Amen.